You're listening to Hot Sauce Sports with Mo Khan, PZ Delarisi, and Terry Tam. I now know that I'm on with a spy, depending on who's, uh, you know, who's, who's the captain of this ship. That's probably a bad thing if this podcast is supposed to go viral, isn't it? Kadero Patterson, uh, like grabbing some shanks, uh, gentlemen here. Uh, and he quote, and I quote, I'm a grown man. I don't need nobody blank and blank in my balls, my face. <laughs> in my teenage years, I'd get back from high school. I'd smash two pizza pockets. Carmelo Anthony never learned you can't live life just smashing pizza pockets. Because he lost uh, a double bet, uh, what I did is I cut an jalapeno, a jalapeno in half. And I filled it with hot sauce, so he's gonna have to slurp this down. Why you need? Why you give me a fucking banana, dude? I'm not eating a banana. I'll just fucking. I'll rather piss in my mouth than eat this. Okay, so there we go. Stop stalling. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, here are your hosts, Mo, Terry, and Peasy. Welcome, everyone. It is episode nine. I am Peas Delrees. You can, of course, find me at Peas FPF on Twitter. Uh, also. We're at Hot Sauce Sports pretty much everywhere. Hot Sauce yep. Sports. Just find us at Hot Sauce Sports. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for all your social media needs. We do send as much news and as much noise as possible at you throughout the day. Uh, we have a great show ahead of us. Uh, we're going to talk to Andy McNamara. He's with TSN 1050 and TSN 4 Downs. We're going to talk to Mark Dumont of the Montreal Gazette and the Athletic. Double feature, Terry. Yes, double feature, double dash. Clary Terry. Terry Tam, the Terror Bear. <laughs> At Terry Tam. The Terror. To my left. We, uh, he's uh, my partner in crime. How's it going, buddy? How's it going, man? I'm so happy that we're at nine. I didn't think Duke would have made it this long. <laughs> I know. I know. He's cracking, though. Yeah, yeah, the alcohol right. level is rising. We got a drink for number 10, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. And number 10 is right before the Not Sauce for Work episode two. Yes, sir. So it's going to be perfect timing. And we'll get hammered for Not Sauce for Work. You know it. Honor. Of course, our. Uh, our producer, the Eagle Master Control, joins Duke in the production Shh. side of the podcast. What's up, boys? I think next What's week people on? will be able to see Duke is what I've heard. That's the rumors. Yeah, yeah. I Studio's expanding. Up, Nobody wants like to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, people. I want to see you today with that little scarf you got yeah, going on there. Yeah, if yeah, Eagle yeah. can set it up. I don't think so. Um, Just come on camera. Okay. Come here. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, Terry. What about him? He's been ordered to pay a 19 million euro fine or by Madrid to court to avoid going to jail. Yeah. Uh, so in, there's... If you're serving less than 24 months, you can pay to not go to jail. It's like you can pay if you get a anywhere in the world. Nope, just in just Europe? in Spain. In Spain, <laughs> um, or maybe not just in Spain, but in Spain for sure <laughs> for tax fraud. It appears as though uh, he's going to do that. He's going to pay it. Yeah. Um, and Spot Ronaldo, who's also fa- facing sexual assault charges, has been uh, potentially quoted as saying uh, that he felt that the government was too grabby with his funds. Hey-o. Look <laughs> um, that. Uh, sources also close to the situation say he will not be on the next Gillette ad. Of course. <laughs> oh, I get it because of that stupid Gillette ad. I think Leo Messi had the same kind of thing going on. He did, yeah. And, and he was on a Gillette ad previously. And everybody hated on... No, he was... No, let's make clear. He never had any sexual assault towards Leo Sorry, yes. Messi. Should have clarified. I'm sorry. And everybody was hating on him, saying like, oh, see, Ronaldo doesn't have any tax problems. Comparing the two and look what happened. Well, I mean, he does. And what he did was worse than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, other stuff. You know, um, extracurriculars, I guess. But how do you not pay $19 million in tax? Is that, is, um, do I have the story I wrong? think that's the fine. I don't know how much okay. he owed in I'm taxes. Yeah. But he had he to probably owed like also it's not tax evasion it's tax fraud fraud so he probably tried to lie about how many sponsors he actually got or how many sponsors he paid or whatever the fuck he did uh, you know what some accountants they just suck yeah you know? some accountants they just don't know what they're doing and then the person that gets the shit is not the accountant it is the athlete or the player that or the person who uh, who invested his money he uh, failed to he failed to pay seventeen point one million in, uh, in taxes between two thousand and eleven so to two thousand and fourteen an extra, an extra two million bucks there you go um a guy who's gonna need an accountant. Hard is Suns guard Devin Booker. Did you hear about this? No. He uh, he knocked up his high school sweetheart Hey-o. and an Instagram model. Same time? Yeah, around the same time he was dating uh, one of the Jenner's close friends. Okay. Whose name I forgot. One of the Janitor's close up. friends? One of the Jenner's. The Jenner's? Yeah. Which Jenner? And one who's not a Janitor. Okay. Uh, you can get the the no names are great because that, that story broke as we were breaking the, another story. Because I want to talk about he actually chased. T Wolves Georgie Dang okay. down the tunnel, uh, and this concludes our Suns and T Wolves coverage for the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time they'll be. That's the last time we're ever going to talk about them. Yeah, I saw that fight. It was crazy. Yeah, apparently uh, Georgie Dang was uh, the latest to make fun of Devin Booker for saying he would uh, build a super team in Phoenix. 
Super team in Phoenix. Jordan yeah. Woods. You can't build Jordan, a super Jordan Woods. Yeah, that's the friend of which Jenner? Kylie Jenner? Kylie Jenner. Yeah. So you can't build a super team in Phoenix when there's nothing super about them. When they're all like 19 years old. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're super in how young they are and how much money he's going to have to pay for the child support. Exactly. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has announced that he will be returning to the Arizona Cardinals for this upcoming season. Possible trade bait? Greatest yeah. greatest ass in the NFL. It will oh, yeah. Be. It's fucking nice. It's bounce. Yeah, yeah. It's got, no, I saw a picture of Edelman this week. Yeah, no, he's, he's packing. Yo, Edelman's got a... He's, he's got packing ham. Yeah, he's got ham. a first team all body Edelman, oh, yeah. man. That guy's he's got some he's got some hams in there. So this will be uh Larry Fitzgerald's sixteenth season in the NFL, which means it is now too old for R. Kelly to date. <laughs> oh Yeah, yeah, play that little slow clap again. So that brings us to the news. <laughs> 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 Just because I see Eagle getting uncomfortable. Terry, man, we had a great weekend of football. Oh, man, it was fucking good. Like, if you... I if caught you this were ball. Like me, it was so nice. If you get erections from football, football gave you an erection this weekend. It did, because I was able to spend six hours of my life either playing, playing and watching it. Yeah. And I enjoyed every second of it. And it was fucking amazing, especially that Chiefs-Patriots uh, game. That Chiefs-Patriots game gave me heart attacks the entire time. We were at a bar after playing uh, football, and uh, it was packed. And we were everybody was losing their mind. Most people were pat, were rooting for the Chiefs for the two Pats fans in the crowd. It was fun. It was fun <laughs> to rip on them. Why does everybody hate the Pats so much? I, I think it's just when you've been successful for so long. Yeah, that's what happens. And there's always an asterisk. I mean, Deflate Gate. Oh no, my ball is less pumped than yours. You're cheating. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Yeah, we spent we spent like six months <laughs> investigating error. <laughs> like it's fucking stupid. How dumb are sports fans? Oh my god, man. I mean, but. Not too dumb to listen to this yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, you guys I are mean, so smart. Not our, not our sports fans. Yeah, no. Yeah, not our... Smartest, smartest fans in sports. Not our uh, 102. But I will say, the times where they are the 103. dumbest... The times that they are the dumbest is uh, when you're messaging the wrong D Ford. And, and, and this old... This well, who's the other D Ford? Is a random woman in England. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Backstory. It was kind of funny. Backstory. So D D Ford is a is the a defensive lineman. defensive lineman on uh, the Chiefs. linebacker the here for the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, he was lined up offside on a play that was intercepted. Really, well, really offside. By the well, way. Tom Brady may or may not have lasers all over his face. Strange kind of pornography that one. <laughs> um, but he he lined up offside and then negated an interception that would have ended the game. Exactly. So whose fault is that? Um, Lots of people, I guess, <laughs> coaching referees for looking. Clearly, too hard. the woman in England. Yeah. So yeah. the woman in England, though, but she was she was pretty awesome. She she took it in stride. Uh, she answered a lot of those tweets. I uh, was literally making fun of every single one. Um, and a lot of them were like, uh, "I'm sorry, I landed offside. I've have, have had this trouble all season." <laughs> she uh, did, yeah. Yeah, that's the, amazing. It was it was pretty good. It was really. Oh, fuck, and I she, love that. She wrote at one point on Twitter, she's like, "I'm really happy a lot of this happened while I was sleeping." <laughs> <laughs> So imagine like, you open you open your Twitter. Let me see what Donald Trump said. Something stupid, <laughs> and then you open. And you have like four thousand notifications. No, but even direct messages on Facebook. That's yeah, fucked yeah, up. She, and she posted DMs. all of them. It was awesome. But on Facebook, your picture's there. Yeah, and like she wrote to one of them. I'll give you a moment while you look at my my uh, timeline. <laughs> and it's about what what to make tonight. <laughs> what make, what to make your family for dinner? Not hey. But well, how am I going to sack Tom Brady this weekend? Well, maybe if D Ford was less focused on dinner, he would line up on. Saturday. Yeah, why don't you fucking you know suck on these balls instead of sucking <laughs> those chestnuts? You're going to roast. Um, getting roasted is the NFL officials. This Absolutely, week. yeah. Because they, do you see this eagle? Can you cue up the video that we got where they play? We do have a penalty flag down. Oh, however, let's one? see what that's okay. about. Pass interference. Defense. Even a game got it right. So they saw the contact before pass the ball arrived. Penalty flag for pass Just interference. Like, um, and trying to avoid pass interference is so difficult. You're trying yeah. to slow down these yeah. skilled receivers. and Trying to avoid it is so difficult. So The ball's coming right to you and said, hey, I'm not going to go for the ball. I'm just going to hit the guy. So these refs, right? You think they're taking a cut from that? I mean... Like, come on! It was super everybody's blatant. automatically going to assume that the refs were paid, or there's some there were like sort of three guys. There's some at sort it. of payoff or whatever. I get it, but like, people make mistakes all the time. Come on, though. And it's is it a coincidence that the ref that was supposed to call it used to play for the Rams? Maybe, but I honestly, I'm just too much of a. Even though I do 
believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. I was going to say, you of all people. Yeah, I, I do believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. I just, I also give benefit of the doubt to when somebody makes a mistake. I'm not going to say that he took a paycheck. I'm more likely to say that D4 took a paycheck than I am that this ref took a paycheck. Yeah. Because to me... The woman in England. You mean. The woman in England, exactly. Yeah. The D, D4... For him to line up offside, the way he was lined up offside, is like something you do when you, you started playing football as a kid because you don't know where the actual ball is. And you can see how far he's lined up like a full like 10 inches off, offside. He's looking in inside the line. To me, it's like you know you're offside. Yeah. Back up a bit. He, I think more likely, it's more likely, I'm not saying that he did, it's more likely that he was paid by the Patriots, by, by the NFL, whoever, by the Patriots to do that than it was the referees. A lawsuit has been filed by a New Orleans attorney, attorney get to get the here. game replayed because there is a... Uh, it's never going to happen. There's a rule that says that... Yeah, Article the, that 17... The, uh, exactly, yeah, that sorry, the commissioner can, Thomas, uh, can have the game replayed. It can have the game replayed from its point at any time, but then they're gonna. But the NFL, you set a precedence at that point because the NFL can say, well, there was a face mask that wasn't called before, and there's a lot of things that happen. It's part of the game at this point. Go going forward, do you review penalties like they do in the CFL? Maybe you do that. I say give the referees three challenges. Sorry, the coaches three challenges. Let them challenge whatever they want. Whatever they want. Whatever they want. You can challenge. Like, what's the problem? You want to challenge a holding call? Challenge a holding call. My question about this lawsuit is: so lawsuits take long to begin with. Plus, the the federal government's been shut down. So let's say they need to replay this game in seven years. Who's likely? Who's more likely? And they need to like replay this game and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who's more likely to still be playing? Jerry Goff or Tom Brady? Uh, Tom Brady's a, going strong. It's a very good point. You know what I mean? So there's a good chance Jerry Goff won't be able to make that game. Well, then but Drew Brees. What if the, if they replay that game and then the Saints win? Imagine Drew Brees like, screw it, guys. I'm rich. Leave me alone. I'm <laughs> I already want a Super My Bowl. My body hurts so I, much. I have an MVP. I've already won a Super Bowl. Fuck um, it. I have a question I've been wanting to ask you guys for a while since it happened, okay? So last year, the Saints lost due to player error, right? Minneapolis, Minneapolis yeah. miracle happened. Um, basically, a player missed a tackle. You know, and then I think it was Marcus Lattimore. Yes, he, it was. basically missed a tackle. And this year, it's, it's, it's a refing error. So I'm wondering, as a fan or even as a franchise, as a, a what would fan? you rather? What would you rather not happen? A Saints fan, sure. Or in general, just in general. Like in general, I'd rather my player make a mistake than than have somebody else cost the game for me. Because at least I can go yeah. back to my player and say it's okay, shit happens, whatever. But I'd rather have the I'd I'd rather have as a unit the team, the 53 guys on the team, make the mistake that cost the game, as opposed to a third party cost us the game because that's more angry. If Michael Thomas had dropped the ball, or anybody else, if Marshall, if Lattimore did the same thing, or whatever the case may be, if he caused the mistake, then I don't think the Saints would care as much. Because I, I think it's because it was an outside party. I think what people are also forgetting about this is, yes, the referees made a mistake, but the, the Saints had the ball in overtime. Yeah. Like, they had a chance to win and breeze through an interception. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what's being lost in this conversation. And all these butthurt Saints fans, they just, they've just they lost they've lost the plot that they had a chance to win the game. They yeah. had a chance in overtime. Unlike with the Chiefs, the Chiefs that didn't have a chance at all, yeah. they did have the ball, and they couldn't do anything with true. it. True. Very true. Yeah, and uh, so my question is, what's up with Mike Francesa, Duke? So Mike Francesa <laughs> made a big mistake this week. He he saw a meme uh, of uh, the of either there's a meme going around on social media of a referee holding up a Todd Gurley jersey and Todd Gurley holding <laughs> up a referee jersey. Like they exchanged it, right? And and like as if they actually exchanged it. So Mike Francesa goes on this huge rant, uh, freaking out about it. And all I thought about in this is this is my biggest fear. I don't want to be this old guy one day thinking a meme is real. It's going to happen to me. Like yeah. I'm going to make a mistake on this show where I thought a meme was real. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you get to... You Eagle, get to, do we have a clip of that, of that meme? Do we have a, video, a picture of that meme? If you, not, it's okay. It's okay. Fuck it. So, the Super Bowl's coming. What's the storylines that's going to annoy you the most? We'll go uh, one after another. Rapid fire. Okay, like, like, like we said before, uh, like, like we said, uh, goat. I can't stand it. Oh, that The word dumb. goat. So, Tom Brady, goat. Um, For me, uh, C.J. Anderson's terrible diet. Terrible guy diet. Guy's just smashing hamburgers. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, I'm going to have to say... Uh, Sean McVay being extremely young to mm -hmm. be a coach in the NFL. So old versus young. Old versus young. Yes. Like what's better? What's better? Old versus young. Like in dating, old versus young. In porn, old versus young. I mean, in porn, old versus young is usually good. Depends. Depends you get on an taste, older man. woman with a younger woman. Don't don't put a label on it. I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, I think th they have that subcategory for a reason. <laughs> I think it's page. I think the, I think the goat, the Tom Brady goat. Oh, the worst for me though is anytime Tom Brady makes a Super Bowl, the annoying posts 
of both Brady lovers and Montana lovers. Oh, my God. Like, we don't need to agree, guys. Like That's Brent, the thing about sports. In fact, the only reason that makes that conversation interesting is beer, and yeah. you can't drink on social media. No, you cannot. So, therefore, it's dumb. <laughs> don't post about it. Don't post it's about dumb. It. If you come at me with my Twitter line, I'll just, I'll just, I don't know. I hate banning people. You ban. Yeah, ban. It's true. Social media drinking, eh? That's a great invention waiting to happen. We need to do it. <laughs> we need to do it. I'm down. Uh, let's make a, a, like a terrible challenge that the youth will ruin and someone will die terribly by consuming Tide Pods or drinking while, while doing this challenge <laughs> on the internet. You know, you know what storyline I, I can't wait to hear? Uh, which random player uh, that Bilicek is going to bench right before the game? Oh, yeah. Chris Hogan. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah, Chris Hogan. I don't like you did an out last week. But like, has he ever benched the white guy? That's a very good point, too. So, I mean, that's, that's how he wins games. That's He's going to bench Josh Gordon. That's the way he like. <laughs> I feel like I, it's true. He's already been too late. So, but like, what do you like? That's another story I'm going to hear a thousand. Times. Oh yeah. And if actually, Josh Gordon was there, no, 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 no. I legit feel bad for Josh Gordon. Like now yeah. he's been reduced to essentially a storyline. But he's still going to win. A, he'll technically have a Super Bowl ring if they win. But the thing I won't get tired of hearing this week, Terry. Greg Hardy. Adrian Broner's oh, yeah. reaction. Amazing. Uh, can we can we load that up, Eagle? We have that huge. Adrian. This is his interview with Jim Gray, I think. I love Jim Gray. We're going to conduct this professionally or we're not going to have an interview. You make the decision. What did you think about the fight? What you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had. In the That's round. the best way to freeze that. It already sounded like you was against me. So I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you. But let me Appreciate talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd. But this you could have waited for him to say Floyd Mayweather. You need to start listening to the clips, man. So, so then, no, but the best part about that is that so Jim Gray goes, "You're three, three, and one. You're in the last seven. What, what's next?" He's like, "Well, I'll be seven and zero against you." He's like, "Well, I wouldn't mean much <laughs> because it would not mean." But I don't know because he always took an L in that interview. <laughs> so Jim Gray just dropped six his and one. giant dong. Six, right six and one. Six and one. But I love these interviews. But Jim Gray is very good at this. He was yeah. very. He's very good at cutting the bullshit. Like, just tell me what you think about the fight. I don't want to talk about anything else. He did it with Conor McGregor too, and so. So at the end of the day, I think Jim Gray handled himself perfectly. Adrian Broner has always been a baby. He's when you're to, for for him to have fought in Pacquiao now with three losses in his last seven, it's crazy to me because he's not irrele- he's not relevant anymore. Boxing, if you lose more than twice, you're, you don't become relevant. Adrian Broner is still getting these big money fights because he's a draw. I get it, but he's not what he was at the beginning of his career, and it <laughs> sucks. And he's losing his mind slowly. And he's got two ca- <laughs> he's got two cases now. He's probably going to be in jail soon. And the thing yeah. too with the fight is, I felt like he was punch shy. You know, like I feel yeah. like he was. But he's always been. But he's a very fight. defensive fighter. Yeah, it was going to be a sure. boring fight anyway. So and it, was it was a boring awful fight. fight. It was but Pacquiao, awful. Watch. But Pacquiao won that fight. To me, just just the eyesight. Pacquiao yeah, won that fight, and, and it didn't feel particularly close. Yeah, Pacquiao but was I mean, quicker. Pacquiao was faster. He's better reflexes, and on top of that, just he was busier. And also not as crazy. And he called out Mayweather after the fight too. Um. <laughs> but in his defense, yeah. but in his defense, as J Rock once said, you don't gotta like it because the hood gonna love it. Is that J Rock from Trailer Park Boys? <laughs> no, it's J Rock <laughs> in the song with Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> be, like, what once upon a time, once upon a time, UFC wasn't ESPN friendly yeah. because uh, Mickey Mouse and um, you, and violence of UFC wasn't gonna cut it. But now we have an event. Where Dana White, who once said, once you hit a woman, there's no coming back. But we have a card <laughs> where we have uh, Greg Hardy and a woman in, can you say the name? Today? Rachel Ostovich. Rachel Ostovich. I think it was a beautiful, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Yeah. Dime piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, who, was, who was beat by her decrepit uh, partner. Who was an MMA fighter. Yeah. Her partner's an MMA fighter. He, he hits her. She breaks her bone, breaks her orbital bone. She said, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna pull myself out of the fight." I pu- uh, she fights against Paige Van Sant. It was a great fight, very technical. She ended up losing, but I don't think she lost any fans. I think she gained a lot more fans than anything else. But the NF, the, uh, the sorry, the the UFC, as Ariel Hawani said, very tone deaf in the situation where they added Greg Hardy to be a co-main event. The f- okay, so first mistake is putting Greg Hardy as the co-main event. The guy has three fights and he doesn't even rank within his top twenty. His second mistake is putting it on the same card as when as you're you're an accused woman beater. And you're putting on the same card as a woman who's on the main card 
that was just beaten by her husband. So very tone deaf by the UFC, and I'm very disappointed in the way it happened. And Greg Hardy can suck my ass. Yeah, and like so, we won't get to the video clip because we're running short on time because we have a double feature today. Two yes, interviews. We we'll get to that in a second. But um, the, the the video of Greg Hardy and his reaction saying that he was disqualified and he didn't know the rules. I mean. It's understandable that a guy who would throw a woman into a futon full of guns <laughs> doesn't know the rules are acceptable in a specific arena. So he panicked and he was being bullied. He didn't know what to do. He panicked and he kicked him and he hit him and he kneed him in the face. That's not something you learn. I'm just saying. Yeah. So that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. It was honestly all in all an uh, entertaining UFC card. Yes, it was. Uh, the, 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 the death flyweight, of the flyweights. Flyweights made a case for themselves, do you think? No, I do not think. No? I think Joe Benavidez fighting against Dustin Ortiz was a great fight. Those two guys will probably be great in Bellator when Bellator launches their flyweight division. But I think the UFC has said it and they're alluding to it that they're going to be getting rid of the flyweight division. Cejudo is going to go up to Bantamweight at 135, fight DJ Dillashaw, lose, and Cejudo is going to be irre- irrelevant. And then we'll talk about DJ Dillashaw being the best pound for pound yeah, fighter. We're going to have uh, Andy McNamara... Uh, up next, he uh, he works for TSN 1050 mm-hmm. and TSN 4 Downs. And he's coming to us, of course, with monkeyknifefight.com, as well as Mark Dumont, who writes for The Athletic and The Gazette. Stay tuned for that. They're two great interviews. Yes. And we're back with uh, Andy McNamara of TSN 1050 and uh, TSN 4 Downs. Uh, you for those of you who want to follow me, it's the first time I've gotten it right all day. <laughs> um Preparation's been a bit of a disaster, Andy. We're suffering through a storm. How's the uh, weather where you're at? Oh, terrible. Like, it's warmed up a bit today, but the snow, it's that wet snow, so you're shoveling cement. Yeah, and okay. then what really gets me, guys, is you're all done, right? You're like, ah, it's all up. And then those jerks on the snow plows, you need them to clear it. But you just know there's like a sick pleasure they take in going through <laughs> subdivisions and just piling it up at the end, the wet Wash and then you have to break your back again. To all you snowplow drivers out there, you guys suck for doing. Yeah, that. I hate jerks, that. straight hate jerks, it. straight jerks for doing your job. If you think if you think that is uh, the worst, I think I'm I'm actually kind of worse because I'm looking forward to looking at the security camera to see my uh, hundred pound fiance shoveling all the snow <laughs> at home oh. while I'm recording a podcast. So I you think I might be a worse person than those snowplow removal people, or yeah. the best yeah. person. I think I'm the best. <laughs> yeah, it's it's up in the air. Uh, the first burning question for us, Andy, is why on earth are you a Browns fan? <laughs> well, sir, it, it is. Uh, it seems like finally it might be starting to pay off uh, <laughs> with Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchen. But I'm a legacy fan, guys. Okay, so my grandfather was a Browns fan. With, going back to Paul Brown post World War II. So back then, of course, right? It was just radio. And in their area, in Scarborough, which is a uh, suburb of Toronto, mm-hmm. it was on the radio. You either heard the New York Giants or the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns in the 40s and 50s won uh, like 10 NFL championships and all that. And so that was great. So my dad became a Browns fan, and he was got Jim Brown. And then when I came old enough, I became a Browns fan, and I got you know hot garbage, essentially. Yeah, until, Sen- uh, Seneca <laughs> Wallace <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Leroy Horde. Yeah, yeah. Leroy Horde. That was my favorite uh, terrible Browns player. But now you got now you got Baker Mayfield, and I'm sure you're happy. I got about Baker, that. baby. Yeah, I got Baker. I love him. I love he, this dude. Is he is I think everything you want in a franchise quarterback, guys, and it's because of the moxie, because of the. I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Apparently, so he first comes in in the New York Jets game, right? Tyrod Taylor goes down. Yeah, he comes in. Thankfully, and he goes down. And there's all yeah, and there's all this stuff of oh you know he's a leader but how's he going to go in the NFL? Apparently this is what happened with the lineman. What one of the uh, Browns offensive linemen said. Baker comes up, someone on the Jets defense like oh rookie, I'm going to eat you up. This isn't this isn't college blood, you know typical trash. Baker yeah. steps up, looks right at him, and says. I don't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> and I went bananas, and everybody called him just like this guy's got stones, and they just went with him, and it was a great ride ever since. It's almost like the Matty Ice story. His first, uh, his first practice, his first um, uh, pass shell. He went into the huddle and uh, he looked over to, uh, I guess at that point it was uh, Julio Jones. Who was he? Who was he replacing? Like who was the receiver was in Atlanta? Oh before God, Julio Jones? Andre Risen? Was it still him? Or was no, it I think it was Julio team? Jones. Anyway, he looked at Julio Jones and he kind of looked at him and said, "Just get open, like get fucking open." Kind of thing, you nice. know, and then that's nice. when they started calling him Matty Ice because you know he's a he's a stone cold killer, but uh, he sucks. Um, <laughs> we found out later that you know it's all garbage. Uh, what did you think of the games uh, this weekend, Andy? What are your thoughts? Well, 
I, I tried to put the horrible officiating aside, and because I think they there were still the action, the results, the drama was still tremendous. So I put that the the terrible officiating aside. And one lesson that you have to keep relearning, apparently, in the NFL: you do not let Tom Brady touch the ball last. You don't. If you do, he will beat you. Maybe not always in the Super Bowl, but getting to the Super Bowl, he will beat your ass. And he did, again. And, you know, they they went, and you let him touch the ball last. And for the Saints and the Rams, people saying, oh, that that non-call screwed over the Saints, which is true. But what people are forgetting is they still kicked the field goal to have the lead, and they Mm -hmm. still let it get away. So it's not all on the not all on that one call. As soon as I saw two minutes and three seconds left on the clock after the Chiefs had scored, I was like, "It's over." I knew the Pats were going to win. For me, it's when they got the ball in overtime. I was like, "Wow, that was fun. (laughs) That was an enjoyable three hours." (laughs) Yep, it's like I guess this is uh, Tom going back. And here's the stat I saw: Tom Brady himself, so him and Belichick have gotten with the Patriots to more Super Bowls than any other franchise. Tom Brady, as a single person has gotten to more Super Bowls than any other franchise in NFL history. That's insane. Yeah, this will be his ninth trip to the Super Bowl. Number nine. It's safe to say if he wins, he'll be the, the, what do you call it, the... uh, Underdog? The GOAT. Oh. The so, like, I'm, goat, starting, I'm starting to get bored of saying the word. But that, that, like, so I feel like now, like that was cool the first time someone said it, but now we've reached a point where goat is just the douchiest thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, like the, yeah, the old it, elite is Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, or the elite. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which at, at, at this point, every yeah. time I read that on social media, I want to hang myself. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like the, the, the goat term, guys, because goat used to be like, you screwed up, right? You suck. Yeah. Guys, the goat. And now the it's donkey. like greatest of all time. So there's always kind of that like, little bit of confusion but now if you use it the other way it just makes no sense so it's kind of like all right just i kind of like the goat emoji using it instead of writing the word goat yeah so, but, i don't know that amuses me for some reason but other than that yeah it's like let's be let's get done with it if you were to replace it by another animal though what <laughs> animal would you go with oh it's a good one terrific yeah. question i go straight moose because the moose head that's where it's at yeah moose head's cool you know he's packing um, a straight moose head too maybe like sure. the Maybe like the the front facing horse face that's smiling. That's kind of like neat. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's the name for that though? Let's just call it unicorn. Yeah, because it's so I, rare. We're just calling it a poll question. You guys need to put that up for a poll. What what emoji animal should replace the goat? But what's the abbreviation? So unicorn, uh, the undisputed nationally. He's the horny inclined. He's the horny incorporated. <laughs> incorporated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, you brought up the horse. Um. Now, so you know, there's two members of this podcast, myself and our and our graphicist and producer graphicist. Uh, Duke. Um, he, we are absolutely obsessed with Red Dead Redemption Two. Terry Tan, oh, my yeah. co-host, getting started on two. You, you finished it, finally. I just finished it. Yeah. Uh, how how have you enjoyed your experience in the Wild West so far? Man, so okay, is, has everybody finished it? I don't want to do like spoilers here for people. Uh, who I have Arthur Morgan dies. Just go. Yeah, for it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. If All you right. don't want to get spoiled, then I'm sorry. I don't know what you've been living because you've been spoiled a thousand times. Go ahead. Spoiler alert! Hit the mute button for a minute, and you know, come back after. Uh, listen, I-, I loved the first game so much, and I loved how this kind of led up to it and the backstory and all that. I thought just visually, like that game, like I just. You, you kind of felt, I don't know what you guys, I kind of felt like bad, like they were putting so much work into it. So sometimes I would just stop and like look around at like the, the, the trees and stuff that the artist created and just like, okay, yeah. I'm appreciating like the thousands of hours you guys put in. Visually stunning. I just always felt the storyline was just, and maybe it was the, the hype leading up to it. I just mm. felt the storyline was a little bit lacking compared to the first one. Like it always seemed to kind of be like, you got close, disappointed. You got close, disappointed. I didn't. I didn't really feel the payoff at the end was was the best. But it, it kind of got better later on, mm-hmm. a little bit. Wow. At first, it was very because I think it's the way they progress. So if like you're the first time playing it, kind of thing, you just have to get used to you know shooting, even though it auto locks, but oh, whatever. Well, oh, the commands are. Ter- there's so many things. Yeah. that it makes the commands terribly. Close. Yeah, but the one thing I liked about it, what you said, Andy, is that. Just playing the game, I would love just riding my horse for like an hour, yeah. oh. you know, killing somebody here and there, helping somebody in another place. The but amount of time I, I spend fishing is yeah, dumb. it's crazy. Like, I, I could just go like fishing. <laughs> but the thing I didn't like was when uh, John, you turn, you take over as John Marston, yeah, and yeah. you're on the far, or you're on like the ranch, and it's like, help me build a fence. Like, dude, do I really have to hammer? Yeah, stuff? come on. You have like, to press X. Just, like, just 
Let me yeah. skip this scene. Like, here. Fast forward it. I don't need to learn how to build a fence, you know. <laughs> but it was cool the transition, right? And then like, okay, and you see the cops coming at the end. And you're like, all right. And then I wish it would there would have been something where you could transition then into the next game, like have it like have it go right into it. You know what I mean? And, oh, and have it cool. keep going into the first storyline. That would have been cool because it took yeah. you it took you right up to it. So I thought that stream was fascinating. The end with with Dutch taking out Micah. That was cool, yeah. and it was because in the first game, you end up. I'm forgetting. You end up like having to kill Dutch or go after Dutch. Dutch's gang comes after you again yeah. or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, Dutch, yeah. but I don't so understand was, why Dutch didn't just take cool. the money at the end. He was trying to be nice. About yeah, it, so maybe that's why he came after. You. I'd have to. I want to re- replay that one, but I don't know if, for PS4. Can you put like? PS3 discs in or do they screw no, I don't think so. Our producers are saying no. <laughs> they, they're the guys that know these. Things. They're the tech, oh. tech guys. Um, that's that's so, a dick move, Sony. Yeah, so fuck you, Sony. <laughs> you, you, do you play as a as a white hat or a black hat in the game? Are you uh, a good guy or a bad guy? Spend too much money on. You know what? I always try good, and then I end up getting bored riding. I'm like, I'm just gonna have to kill this homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Or See, I start, off, I start off terrible. I start off terrible. Then, like, as the story t- started turning and, and Arthur's becoming, like, self-actualized, I'm yeah. like, oh, now I feel like a piece of trash. Every Screw time, you, Arthur Morgan. Every time I try to be a nice guy and help somebody out, I accidentally, like, shoot him, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, shit, all the cops yeah, are after yeah, me, yeah, so yeah. I'm wanted. So I'm just running around the red circle trying to get away from it. It's, it's But I, I spent I, way too much money on clothes in that game. Yeah, same here. And in real life. And I don't know where the clothes go. Where do they go? I could just, just wear them again after? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. You to wear it. And, like, money becomes, like, I was so worried about spending money at first, and at the end, it doesn't really matter. So I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want to go back and just be, like, more frivolous with my cash and just buy stuff. I would, just, I would like, <laughs> yeah. hoard it. And but, I was like, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't matter in the end, because poor Arthur ends up croaking from debris. And he's always packing. Exactly. You're like, ah, damn it, Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> See, now, outside, fucked up, Arthur. outside of RDR2, though, we do need to be careful with our money. And for those looking to win some spare cash in this coming fantasy football season, for those who don't know, Andy McNamara on TSN 4 Downs, great fantasy show. Um, Andy, you're a fantasy dude. Who are the rookies at this point we should keep an eye out for in not even dynasty leagues, but even like all the rookies that we saw do damage this year, guys like Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb? Who are those guys next year in this upcoming draft? Oh boy! You know what, guys? I'm a draft junkie, and this is this is really the beginning of the week with the Senior Bowl, where I really start to dive deep into it. So I'm going to have a lot more um, insight as this process goes through through the combine. Like I'm the guy I'll watch the the, the kickers run at the combine. I, I'm I'm twisted. <laughs> I'll just watch like every every second, every down. I have like pages and pages of notes on these guys and everything. Right now, I would say this because. It, it's tricky because you don't necessarily know what situation guys are going to go to. Um, quarterback-wise, it's very thin. I love uh, I love Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State. I think this guy was a better pro-ready style quarterback in college, and he didn't really fit with the Buckeye system. So I think as long as he goes to a place with some weapons around him, I think Haskins can be somebody that's pretty quick can yeah. come in, and that might be a nice stash. Um, for it, it's a really, really deep defensive draft, which doesn't always do you a whole lot of good on uh, on the fantasy side. No. So that, well, the first that's, fifteen uh, picks you know, are set the, to the be other players. For for uh, for wideout, DK Metcalf. As long as his neck checks out injury uh, injury wise, Metcalf six four, like two twenty five yeah. guy is going to be a monster. Yeah. I hope he's healthy because I'm excited. Hey. Um, uh, so I'm Duke. I'm the the guy in the background, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan as well. I just have a quick question for you. So there's there's a recent report coming out that the Raiders might be interested in drafting Kyler Murray. Um, is oh. this something that you think that they should do, or that they should stay away from? John Gruden is clearly a, a madman. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's trolling the Raiders, the league. If it's gonna pop up, and it's like an old like. You know, gotcha TV shows. Like, ah, I wasn't really a head coach again. I was really in the booth because he's insane. Um, <laughs> listen, guys, Tyler Murray, as far as the first-round draft pick, I think is a colossal disaster yeah. of a mistake. Third-round flyer, sure. Here's the thing. People want to point to, well, hey, Russell Wilson's only 5'11". Yeah, but Russell Wilson's as thick as a house. Baker yeah. Mayfield, Drew Brees. Well, Baker Mayfield's a solid 220. And he's over six feet. Kyler Murray, I want to see what he measures out in the combine. They got him listed at 5'9". We know typically college stuff, eh, usually a bit of a stretch. And what concerns me more, 
He's listed at 195, which means he's probably closer to 185. This guy's going to get squashed. He's closer to a, a build of Johnny Manziel, built-wise uh, built yeah. and physical. Johnny looked like a child, and Johnny's taller than him. Yeah. This guy's going to destroy. How's he going to see over the line? And he's going to run. A guy like Luke Keekley is going to rush him down and squash him. Kyler Murray would be a joke of a first-round pick. Prolific college numbers, great. How, you know, it's fun to watch. Great college player, absolutely. We know the NFL is a different game. You can't, you can't do it. If anyone reaches for him in the first round, it's a bad draft. That GM is going to be fired within two years. Watch. Yeah, and and also he'll be in Oakland A, so it won't matter. That's it. If you waste some traffic for no reason. Um, so it's like Kyler, go play baseball, bro. Go go yeah. be Jose Altuve. He's five seven. Go go play ball. Go yeah, play with him. Go bro. join your little <laughs> guys. You know. Um, Don't get yourself killed. <laughs> Andy, I, I'm so it's. For him. And we got two weeks of Super Bowl coverage, uh, so the, there's a lot of questions in people's mind. But all I keep thinking about is, I know you, like myself, are a bourbon lover. I just went uh, out to Nashville, went to the Greenbrier Distillery, and I got to buy a bottle of Bell Mead, which they don't have uh, up in our hometown of Montreal. They, have dickle, they sell dickle, though. They do have dickle, which yeah, is great. Yeah, um, I brought some what's your, what's your top three go-to? The top, th- oh, not the top three what? reasons the, the, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. What's your top three go-to bourbons for your Super Bowl party? That's a good one. Absolutely love this question. It's a topic I never get to really discuss that much on the air, so I do appreciate it. Yes, my I have different tiers, guys, for like celebration bourbon or like special occasion. You work, you work your butt off all week. You're like, this is this is a special treat bourbon. Leading the way there, Blanton's Original Single Barrel, yeah. my all time go to. Absolutely love it. My daily good one, not that I'm drinking every day. Don't want to get that. But if you were to drink every day, we're not going to judge you. Andy. We're, we're not judging. Well, but. But the the the, the uh, more common one, I love myself bullet orange label mm-hmm. bullet. Oh, bullet's nice. It, yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. I think yeah. it's a great one to have on the uh, the rocks. You can have it neat. Mm-hmm. Um, pop it. I'll tell you this too, guys. I believe. And I don't want to get too cocky here, but I have mastered a new way to make the old fashioned. Okay. Hey. I don't know Ooh. if you guys are a fan of the cocktail. Oh yeah, of course. Definitely. Yeah. I, Definitely. I have I have mastered it. I believe with the twist being. Instead of, uh, you know how they have the garnish, you'll see an orange peel. Yeah. I'm making it at home. What I want to cut up an orange and just have a, a weird orange peel all day. It's a pain <laughs> in the butt. What I then what do you do with the orange? <laughs> like, I'm not hungry. I just want to drink. You got a wasted orange. It's like, half is exposed. It's a, it's a disaster. And then it says, like, express the orange peel. What the hell does that mean? I'm squeezing an orange peel? I, no. So what I did is you don't have the, uh, what do you call it, the Angostura bitters. I use black walnut bitters from Fee Brothers. There you go. What you do, you have the brown sugar, uh, about a half a teaspoon of that in the cup, dash of water, muddle it up, put the three dashes of um, uh, black walnut bitters in. Then you put two shots of, you know, you can pick, uh, uh, Weller's is a nice mixing one. You can do more of a Jim Beam for mixing, you you know, ones that aren't going to be a sipper. Um, Then you put a a good-sized ice cube in. Then what you do, instead of the orange peel, you do a splash of actual orange juice. Game changer on the cocktail, yeah. gentlemen. Game changer. Mix that sucker up and and slip into the evening. We'll, let's write, we'll write this down and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, try it. Definitely. Yeah, I'm down. Definitely. Uh, it, well, it, it, the orange juice makes the difference. The splash of actual orange juice, uh, yeah, it, it's real good. We'll drink them on air next week. Eagle, yeah. you're a producer. You're going to produce us a couple of drinks, and we'll drink it and rate it on the air as Super Bowl coverage for next week. Andy McNamara uh, joins us again from TSN 1050, and he's the host of TSN 4 Downs. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. No problem, guys. And I'll tell you this real quick, too. If you're looking for fantasy profits to make over the Super Bowl weekend, I'm working with the new site, monkeyknifefight.com. Check it out, monkeyknifefight.com. Use promo code AMAC, and they mm-hmm. match up to 50, they match 100% of your initial uh, uh, bet in there. So if you put like your initial deposit, so 50 bucks turns into 100, and you do stuff like, okay, over under 250 yards on Tom Brady. Who's going to get more rushing yards, Michelle or whoever, you know? So it's a really cool site. So if you want to play and try it out and make some extra money, monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code AMAC. That's uh, that's perfect for degenerates like me and Terry. Yeah. Uh, no, we we'll definitely going to check that out. Um, so also, if you want to get more information about fantasy or about football in general, uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, AndyMC80, at AndyMC81. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, boys. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Andy. Welcome back. It is Double Trouble. 
Double Jeopardy, our first double feature. Have you ever been to a double feature in your life? Uh, absolutely not. It's when there was that Rob Zombie had one, no? Yeah, and also it was an old movie thing. I used to yeah. it used to be Dollar Cinema. That's how old I am. <laughs> and they used to be able to watch two movies back to back, and that was a thing. Like that was a thing people did. It's a good way to spend six hours. Yeah, we giant waste of time. <laughs> our second interview of the day. Uh, we are joined by uh, Mark Dumont. Who comes to us from the Athletic and the Montreal Gazette? Uh, super excited to have him. How's it going, Mark? Not too bad, and you absolutely nailed my last name. That's pretty good. I, people, yeah, yeah. It's either Dumont. I hear Dumont a lot, or yeah, exactly. I am multiple. Uh, but, I am uh, a multiple P, and you are Dumont. <laughs> exactly, that works. Perfect. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Pleasure, buddy. Uh, so we'll jump right into it. I mean, you're you're a huge hockey guy, so I wanted to get, especially with the news coming out today, that Peter Shirelli. Uh, oh, it's 2019. We can't call people huge anymore. It's true. So you're yeah, large. I do take I take offense to that. I'm, I'm going to go sorry. on Twitter and 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 tweet something very angry about it right now. Yeah, amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> and we'll respond gladly. <laughs> uh, so with the news today that Peter Shirelli was uh, was let go of the Edmonton Oilers, what do you think about uh, what's going on there? Ah, what a mess, right? I mean, and it's it's funny because sometimes you say, who saw that coming? But everyone saw this coming, and it's, to me it's just laughable that the Oilers' higher-ups are kind of trying to pretend here that, uh, you know, these things happen. No, 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 no. There's been a pattern of a guy essentially disassembling a team and, uh, you know, getting rewarded for it. There's 31 GM jobs in the NHL. These should be the best guys, you know, in the world most qualified guys in the world, but we keep picking old players, old, old, uh, you know, friends of the owners and guys, this is the result. You have GMs that uh, I, I know it's hard to say, but they're not qualified to do the job and they make a lot of mistakes. So he's managed to, um, this, this is a potential lineup that he would have had if he had made some trades or he had signed <laughs> some guys properly. Taylor Hall, Connor McDavid, Jordan Eberle, Pugliarvi, Barzal, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Puyo, uh, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto. And then on the fourth line, you even have Yakupov and Benson and Kyra. So imagine having those guys on your team and then still having a losing record. I think it's safe to say that Peter Shirelli was uh, properly let go in the second period at, after the second intermission but during the game so he can leave quietly. Yeah, well, out of here, I, I, I want to see your face. <laughs> Leave my building yeah, well, now. <laughs> imagine though that you allow this guy to make to sign a, a thirty-year-old goalie with twenty-seven games experience to more money than any uh, defenseman on your roster makes uh, the day before he gets fired. So that to me just shows how much of a tire of fire the, you know the Edmonton Oilers are, and it, it starts in the top right. We're talking about Bob Nicholson and down. Yeah, when, when you have nothing but X. Ex players on your roster, and I think this is an NHL issue. It's not just the Oilers, right? Look around the other leagues. Uh, the NFL and MLB hardly have any ex players as general managers. Uh, the NBA has a few, maybe ten or so, whereas the NHL is closer to twenty twenty five. So it's really an NHL issue here. It's hiring guys that, honestly, frankly, just aren't qualified. The NHL is the old boys' club. Yeah, so it's what it's always yeah. been. Exactly. It's where nepotism rules supreme, right? So if you know a guy or, or if you're, you're Keith Gretzky's cousin, well, then you're good to go. Yeah. So what do they do now, and how long do you think it'll take them to recover? God, yeah, good question, right? I, I mean, you have the best player of a generation to work around. So all is not lost there. Um, obviously, I think signing, uh, you know, getting Cuskin in, in at 4.5 complicates things, but... I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, for all the criticism they really, you know, they receive, and and they're not quite there yet. But I think they actually did a pretty good job digging themselves out of the hole that they were in. They're in a very similar situation, uh, you know, where they had Clarkson and they had a whole bunch of contracts that just you couldn't move whatsoever. You had, you know, Dion Phaneuf sitting at uh, seven million dollars a year. You had no idea what to do with him. Well, they slowly and surely dug themselves out, and I think that's what you have to do with the Oilers here. You have to start digging. Uh, you have to start making the right decisions, and the unfortunate truth is it's going to take years to fix this, in my opinion. But uh, you need someone in that front office that's going to put their foot down and say, no, stop saying stuff like character. Yeah. Start talking about talent. Because, you know, you can surround uh, McDavid with all the character in the world. It's not going to score a single goal. Uh, you need more talent on that line. And, and it just goes to show, the lineup that you described earlier, there's a lot more talent in that one. So... Uh, it takes years to build that. It takes a few months to destroy it, and now they're back to needing a few years to build it up again. Um, so Terry and I often disagree 
on Mark Bergevin and how he he's run the Canadians. Uh, Terry <laughs> believes it's a grandmaster plan. I believe he was beginning. just lucky as fuck. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark so like speaking of guys who are unqualified, uh, tell Terry why he's wrong or I, tell me why I'm wrong, but I won't listen if you tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, that's the one, my biggest criticism. I, I don't think he's ever actually had a long-term plan. Um, he's kind of been reactionary, but I will give him credit. Okay, so there's been some bad trades here and there. Uh, this summer, however, for and I would have been fine if the Canadians would have fired him. I think that would have been an appropriate time. He has six mm-hmm. years of the team, didn't go very far, and now you're back to square one. But he stayed the course this summer. Trading Petretti for Tatar has been, you know, producing better than Petretti has. No one saw that coming. Getting Nick Suzuki involved, uh, you know, finally having a good prospect pool. So he's really turned around things lately. Yeah. I'm going to say you're both right, and you're both wrong. He's been terrible at times, and he's been great at other times. There's yeah. no, there's no happy middle with Matt Benjamin, right? It's either awful trade or fantastic trade. Well, he's and, managed to uh, get through trades. He's managed to get Dano. He's managed to get Domi, who's panned out. I mean, yeah. I don't think a lot of people thought that he would outscore Galchenyuk in that mm-hmm. through that trade. And and but, Jeff Petrie, for example, that's I mean, yeah. you know, that to me was his best trade. You 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 threw magic beans at the Edmonton Oilers, and, and to get back to the Oilers subject, imagine how much better they'd be if they'd have a guy like Jeff Petrie for running a team, their blue line. For a team like the Oilers, who've really never had a good defense yeah. and they, they have definitely all they need a top right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, he's made some really good trades, absolutely. Now, uh, I think he focused too much on a lot of the old school stuff, you know, character and all that, and that really let him down a dark alley. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him credit. I've been one of his biggest critics. I think he's made a lot of mistakes like most GMs have. But right now, uh, he's evened out, and I'd say he's on the positive side. He's, you know, the franchise is, is headed towards a good place. But we have to keep in mind, this is seven years on the job here. So your GM should get your, you know, not many guys get seven years, and they should by that time be, you know, riding the ship. It, it shouldn't be navigating the dark waters anymore after, um, you know, the better part of a decade. Especially after you spend a better part of a decade wasting the best that the career of one of the best goaltenders in the history in the NHL not only that I think yeah maybe but not only that I think is uh, coaching has a lot to play with this and Bergevin might have had a vision even though he even though Terrien was there I think that Julien fits his vision a lot better and he's able to develop a lot of young players and, uh, and to me the best part of all these trades that were done is for him like you said Mark before is for him to have included Suzuki in that Vegas mm-hmm. trade Suzuki is going to be yeah. a very good player in the NHL maybe not a top line player top score player in the NHL but he's going to be a very good player in the NHL and and for him to play with somebody who would like Tatar and Gallagher, I think he'll fit in very well with those guys with the speed. Yeah, well, I, but I think going back to the coaching, uh, that's probably, I'd say, one of his weak spots. So trades have been fairly strong. I think if you actually do, you know, the plus-minus of his trades, does, I mean, it's probably on, on the plus side there. Yeah. Uh, contract signings, there's been a few more misses than hits, but then you still have had some pretty, you know, for example, Max Domi has a very reasonable contract right now. Max Petretti yeah. signed. Sign one of the best contracts I've ever seen in the NHL. But when it comes to coaching, I think that's really has been one of his uh, blind spots for for Max Bergevin. Is he was he trusted Michel Therrien too long? He trusted mm-hmm. uh, Sylvain Lefebvre in the AHL way too long. Mm-hmm. They were friends, and he has a hard time firing his friends. Well, the unfortunate part is if you do hire a friend, you're probably going to have to fire him. So that I think kind of held him back a little bit. But now you have Joel Bouchard and you have Claude Julien, and I don't think you, you can really peg many better AHL and NHL combos. So, uh, you know, it, it's taken a long time. Uh, that's what I'll say about, about Mac I mean, he, man, he's made his mistakes. He's made, uh, you know, a fair amount of mistakes. But things are looking better right now. And that's As what, you know, I have fans were expecting a bottom five finish this year. So was I. Yeah. So yeah. everything from here on end is, is gravy, really, when you look at it. As a season ticket holder, I'm very happy. I've been, sure. I've been yeah. selling. Yeah, well, you get to I've sell your tickets game. this yeah. year, right? Yeah, well, and last year, I, you know, I have a friend with season tickets, and people were laughing at the, you know, we're going half price, and people weren't buying. Yeah. So uh, when the Habs are hot, I remember going to the Bell Center when they were doing really good, and third period scalpers, they were still charging first period prices. Yeah. So it's not quite back to that level yet, but it's getting there. Oh, so. So we'll just just to end off here. So we have a real qu- quick question for you, a very serious question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed I noticed that you like Game of Thrones and you like The Simpsons. Yes, I noticed that from your Twitter account. I'm a huge yeah, Simpsons I, fan. I, 
and a huge Grew Game up of Thrones in the fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. As we did all, right? And I'm a huge Game <laughs> of Thrones fan. I just got my wife into it, so it's perfect. We're a couple months away. I can't wait for the new season to start. Now, if I had to ask you which character do you relate to the most in both shows, which ones would they be? Oh, I, I guess I, I'd probably have to say Tyrion because he likes to drink a lot and sleep. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> there, there aren't many better things than drinking and sleeping. And, and in that respect, I'm going to go with Barney Gumble because, you know, you we look at the Simpsons and everyone calls him the drunk, but he seems like one of the happiest guys in that show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, exactly. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the two uh, degenerates. That's my, 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 my pick there. Absolutely. Yeah. The guys that handle the most booze possible, that's who I relate to. You're a man after my own heart because I've, I've always been a Barney <clears throat> deep inside and also on the outside. Um, Mark, <laughs> we, we have, we, we won't, we're doing this. We have this idea for when Game of Thrones starts. We're going to have a weekly segment where we preview the smallest, most insignificant details and pretend that the show will be, on, will, will be about those things. And we're going to see if our theories turn out to be right. Uh, so we'll try to give you a call uh, during the Game of Thrones season as well, so we can discuss Game of Thrones with you if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely, um, no, I love it. It's the only thing I actually I'll sit down and watch on TV. Yeah, sure. Like you know, you get me to pay for HBO, done. Like that's no, no problem. I know I, they screwed me. I'm, I was done. I was done paying for cable. Now I got to pay for it. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so we, before we let you go, the uh, the the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs still on top of the yeah. division, but they've been they've been just sort of falling. Um, what's happened to their season and do you think they'll be caught by Montreal and Boston? Uh, Boston maybe, right? Because you have just a fantastic line. You know, we talk about really good players and Patrick Dajahal doesn't always fall in that category of the elite players in the NHL, but in my opinion, you know, if I had to clone one player, it would be Patrick Dajahal because there are maybe three, four guys that you can literally say are 200-foot players in the NHL, even though coaches say that about everyone, but mm -hmm. Dajahal is one of them, right? So, He's dominant on both sides of the puck. That line, very good. You have the tandem, goaltending tandem, very strong. Yeah. Habs don't have that elite talent, okay? And, and I will give them credit, though. They've done so good, and I think Coach Yant deserves a lot of credit for it, too. They've done so good with what they have, but their strength is depth. So you have now a pretty interesting race here, and, and you know, it kind of reminds me of early MMA days, different styles here. You have the depth team, which is the Habs, then you have the team with the elite talent, which is the Leafs. Um, I think both are quite flawed, but what we're seeing with the Leafs, their lack of depth is so apparent in the sense that if their top line isn't going, you know, or, or if they're not getting production from Tavares or, you know, their, their bevy of elite centers, they're not going to score very much and they're going to allow a ton of shots. So uh, I look at the Leafs and I think they're so flawed in the sense that they allow the fifth most shots in the NHL, and that's not a good thing. But... God damn, are they ever entertaining. Eh? And you have two, those are two of the top three teams in pace in the NHL. So shots for, shots against. But the Leafs allow a ton of shots against. And, uh, you know, I, I am a big believer in underlying numbers. I, you know, I, I, I geek out on the stats and I think it'll end up costing them uh, in the long run how many scoring chances they give up. You can have elite talent all you want and it wins games, don't get me wrong. But in the long run, if you're allowing you know, almost as many shots as, well, not the Ottawa Senators, but as the Detroit Red Wings, then you have an absolute problem. I and mean, I don't think you're a Stanley Cup contender. But they're close. If they get some defense on there, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be really fun to watch. The, um, for those who want to see Mark Dumont at work, he has a, an article posted right now on The Athletic uh, comparing the uh, – Exhausted Montreal Canadiens uh, to Homer Simpson. Or, sorry, losing to Homer Simpson. Um, we have... Uh, so yeah, they were Boxcar Bob. Yeah, yeah essentially. essentially. Bob, exactly. And um, we have... Uh, you can find them also on the, in the Montreal Gazette. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am on Twitter at um, Mark P. Dumont. At, uh, yeah, well, just at, that's it, at Twitter. And I don't... I deleted Facebook about 10 years ago. Uh, and other than that, I, you know, you can contact me by calling my phone number. I'm one of the old school guys. I actually pick up my phone. I don't use it for text messages. So it's right. Twitter or the way people did it a hundred years ago. That's it. Or, or we call you. Or when, when my yeah, phone, exactly. when I see a call on my phone, I panic and leave the room. <laughs> I don't know. No, exactly. Do. I know. I, hey, I, I, I mean, I grew up in the eighties. I use my phone as a phone and I know that terrifies people, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I still call people. They'll text me and I call them and they have that same reaction that, Oh my God, what is this noise coming from my text machine? <laughs>
Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Mark. And we're back without Pease, as you rec- as you can see here. We got Pease's a uh, better looking brother. We Don't said we we're gonna get him on camera, Can't so we wait. got him on camera. Looking all spack with your little scarf, your Jose Mourinho it's scarf amazing, over here. Man. I'm I'm ready. For, I'm ready for this. Eagle is telling me which way to look. Which way is the camera? Move more that way. Move more which way? No, no, like like that. This way. Face okay. face this way. All right, I'm facing right, this way. Job. Oh, there's the camera. There you go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, so Pease at the run. He has a uh, football game. But we just finished interviewing Andy McNamara from TSN. Yeah, he was awesome, man. He was on. Fucking believable, and also Mark Dumont yeah. from the Athletic and the Gazette. Those both both those guys. Hopefully, we have money. While again. Mark Dumont was talking about a hockey, I completely wet my pants. Yeah, it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, because no, we don't talk about enough hockey. But he started podcast. banging out numbers, talking That's about the easy. Leafs and how many goals, how many shots they have on net, and whatever it is. I'm like, fuck. Man, and in way over my me, head. Me and Eeks had so many like random questions we could have asked, but like no one cares about third line centers. I know? mean, people do. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> Some people do. Not everybody. But I honestly, I, I liked Andy McNamara's po- his points. I loved his, his tips on bourbon, making a new old fashioned. Eagle's going to make us one yeah. next week for Not yeah. Sauce for Work. Um, so 10 coming up. We've got to make some old fashions for that one. So we'll jump into rapid fire and then yes, we'll, t- we'll close it out so our, our, our fans can get to uh, their wives and their, their families. Uh, so the first step is the laser show. Yeah, so from wh- I noticed this during the Chiefs-Pats game. I never noticed it. That uh, there were a couple of plays where Tom Brady was getting just lasers straight in his eyes. What color with the lasers? It was like a green laser, a laser pointer. At his eye, for real? Like, yeah, it was right on the helmet. So is he of- the GOAT now because he's able to do that with lasers pointed in his eye? <laughs> you, you just couldn't wait to bring that Fucking in, eh? Fucking shit. Um, I, I, I've seen it happen a couple times in the NFL, but the, the most amazing thing is the fact that he was able to complete passes with that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's used to it. But also the question I have is, how intense is this laser that hits all the way from? Yeah, the, how like, far? How far stands. are you? Yeah, the NFL apparently is going to be investigating it. Is investigating it? I that's don't know. Crazy. If they can find out who the person is, that's not. But I was thinking about it. Uh, but thing. it's happened yeah. before. People have and it. I was thinking about this. It, there are ways for them to to find who's doing it because there's cameras all over the field, everywhere, and also just from the angle of which the the laser was hitting uh, Tom Brady. But my my thing though is, and I'm going to take a little bit a bit of this from uh, from Stephen A. I heard Stephen A. this morning talking about uh, fuck that guy, but how about how like if this happened to to Patrick Mahomes it would have been the if this this would happen to Patrick Mahomes and it happened um if if it happened in New England it would have oh yeah non-stop 100%, complaining 100%. non-stop conspiracy from all these crazy conspiracy theorists that hate the patriots yeah. that can't wait to come up with any 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 conspiracy I agree 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I just, I was thinking it, about it. It's that. fucking, it's, it comes, it's a little ridiculous how anybody looks, always looks for reason to hate on the Pats. I don't like the Pats, but you know what I mean? I mean, I've always respected Tom Brady. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, at the end of the day, I'm bored. I'm just bored of the Pats. I'm not, I don't, it's not that I dislike them. I think that's what most fans are. And I think you're right about that is that if it happened to Mahomes or if it happened in New England, people would have been a lot more upset. Look, I'm, I'm a diehard, diehard Raiders fan. Um, I've, uh, for the longest time, I, I hated Tom Brady. And I hated years. the Patriots because the Tuck Rule is just—it's—it's bred into me. It's bred into to my it's bred into my biscuits. But. Seventeen years, and how old are you now? You're thirty-one. I'm, I'm thirty-two. Thirty-two. So but, since you've been fifteen years old, yeah, you've hated Tom Brady your but, entire adult life. You've hated Tom Brady because but, of a rule that he did not invent. Ever since Deflategate. I have a renewed passion for Tom Brady because of how much I hate Roger Goodell. Oh man! So ever since then, I've kind of turned the tide a little bit, and then I've had I've grown to love him. I mean, he's he's great and yeah. everything, but let's not talk too much about Tom Brady because I mean, no one wants to hear so this. The, uh, I don't think so either. You know. So there there was the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame nominations this year yeah. and the uh, inductees Mariano this Rivera, a hundred percent vote. That's crazy. Um, and hundred um, percent by players as well. Right. Now, do you do you feel like he should have been one hundred percent? Yeah, I think so. I think he's known as the best closer of all time. So why not be a first ballot? I mean, I mean that vicious cutter, man. It's it's nasty. I think Derek Jeter has a quote saying, he, "The batter knew he was going to throw the cutter. Mo knew he was going to throw the cutter. Everybody in the stadium knew they were accusing him to throw the cutter, and he didn't give a shit. He was going to throw that cutter, and he was going to do it because he's able to do it. And he's had That's great it. games. He's had he's had mo- some of the most memorable uh, moments in 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 in, uh, in baseball history. Yeah. Um, it's the equivalent to being a kicker. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, yeah, where you come in and you, it's he's basically Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, and I've always felt like a closer, being a an a, a, an MLB closer, must be one of the most stressful things, especially if you you're, you're coming in to relieve. Um, you in have New York a in the one, playoffs, you're cold. Yeah, of course. And there's let's say let's say a one run lead. Yeah, and like that's scary. Yeah, and he's sure. and he's many many times that he's uh, that he's faced that. But uh, Dan Shaughnessy, of course, of the Boston Globe. 
found a way to make this all about himself uh, <laughs> by <laughs> on his ballot only. So I wonder why he came out of Boston. Eh? Now, there's a couple of guys that were still on the ballot that that you know, Paul. Uh, so he he yeah. left Mo off his ballot completely. No, no, no. He uh. only chose Mo. He okay. didn't choose anyone else. Ah. Uh. So it's like so he kind of screwed over other guys like Larry Walker. I mean, yeah, not that he would have made it. But and yeah. and the, the the other thing too is that Dan Shaughnessy loves making things about himself. He of loves course. making the, the 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 stories about himself. And it's not like you 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 can't like you don't want to be you don't want to be known as the the one guy that didn't make him a hundred percent make yeah. him a hundred percent. But there were other guys in the ballot that 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 surely deserved uh, that surely deserved a vote. Sure, you yeah. had like. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I've always been a huge Todd Helton fan. I mm-hmm. thought that he deserved a bit more respect. I don't think he's going to make it. Though. No, it probably won't. Larry Walker. Uh, I don't. Larry like... Walker next year is his only year, is his last year. Right, but on the last year, usually of these of these ballots is usually when there's a spike in the. In, well, in he their, had a twenty percent spike this year. This year, yeah. So I mean, it's good for Larry Walker. I really think he should get in. He's the best Canadian player we've ever yeah. had, right? Uh, I, and as an ex, as Expos fans, I'm sure that we we would love to see him get in as an Expo. Absolutely, he'll probably go in as a Rocky though. Yeah. Um, so I mean I hope Larry Walker gets in eventually. So who else is on the ballot that didn't get in? Can't really think of it right now. But there's uh, <laughs> what about the Roger like Clemens, Juan Pierre, for example. Juan Pierre barely got five percent. There Juan was Pierre Andrew Jones. Um, trying to think. You mean Chipper Jones? Uh, no, Andrew, Andrew Jones with the U. Oh okay. Right, yeah, and I think there was also uh, anyway. Well, fuck it. So what about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens? You think so they get in? so that's that's the other issue is that Barry Bonds he it, you know doesn't get in. Um, now I still think that there's going to come a time when when there's going to be enough guys in this ballot that will have had PED uh, issues in their past. But the thing with Barry Bonds is it was never actually proven. I'm going to quote Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on steroids. <laughs> it's true. Everybody's on steroids. And, and, and the, these are just the guys that got caught because Jose Canseco put their name in a book. And it kind of drives it. me crazy that you know you look at the NFL and you'll have like you'll have a guy that 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 gets suspended for four games for PED and then. Like a guy like Julie, Julian Edelman, for example, yeah. who is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I hope so. Um, and sure you know it. he has a PD expense. And in NFL, it's like ah, you know what happens? It's a physical game, yeah. you know, of course. But in baseball, man, it's like if you if you have even the sniff of that on your on your record, they they don't want to have anything. To it's do a with huge you. asterisk. Like Alex Rodriguez, to me, is one of the best players I've ever seen. But like, look, and look he at, has that asterisk because he was on steroids. But look at also Sammy Sosa, who's had those issues and also had a cork bat, which is maybe one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. You know, but but like, those, and he's got white skin now. Right, the, he's whiter than you. Bleaching, yeah, and that's scary. It's like, fucking weird to look uh, at. Look up a picture. I think if he anyone's bleached listening. his ass. Uh, I think is is he totally? Or is I, it I just think like, I think that when you go skin bleach, you got to bleach everything. So your asshole. I think it got to so go deeper than the butt. So he's the not brown butt. anymore. His asshole's not brown. I mean, oh, unless for other reasons. And it's not just that. I mean, he's wearing cowboy hats and spurs, man. He's, he's fuck. Hey, he went all out. Now. So will he get in? We'll see. I'm kind of hoping that there's a bit of ch- uh, shift in this because as much as. As much as I, I could understand voters not voting for guys like Sammy Sosa or Barry Bonds, we got to also remember that the public also fueled this as well. We fueled the we fueled the the home run the the home run race. You know, we 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 uh, we really supported. You know, uh, in the in its heyday, we supported guys like um, guys like Sammy Sosa and yeah, Mark, McGuire. Mark McGuire for sure. They and made, then you they made a, baseball interesting again. Yeah, and then at that point, you had Barry Bonds. I was saying, you know, hey, like I'm not getting the same kind of attention. Like I got to do something to get up there. And, yeah, you know, what I mean, and anyway, so that's what I hope. Uh, but so far uh, this year, Mariana Rivera. Great news! I'm so happy for him. He's Very one happy. of the greatest of all time. It's, I'm happy because we we're able to see it. You know. Yeah. Uh, Carmelo Anthony being traded and yeah. then waived. Yes. So he What's was traded to the him? Bulls. To the Bulls. Right. 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 And now they're going to waive him. Now I'm a, I've been mixed feelings with with Melo. I've I've always loved Melo. Uh, I, I loved him in Syracuse. I loved him. I loved him in Syracuse. Denver. With the Knicks, it kind of it kind of spoiled my spoiled it a bit for me because as a Knicks fan, I kind of felt like that trade kind of ruined them for years to yeah. come. But now that being said, I mean it, it's not their fault that they you know. It's not. They went after a superstar. I mean, in the NBA, you go after one superstar. Usually, it helps you. It was also back. It was. A, it was a different time. I yeah. Mean, they gave up a lot of assets that you know that 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 could that could potentially be ruining them down the line. Now, so for Melo, the question is, will he eventually sign with LA? I think that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying now um, that LA is interested. Miami's interested. So we'll see what happens. Miami makes a bit more sense. I kind of feel like like 
LA has a bit of a cluttered roster. Yeah. Whereas Miami, like they kind of got to get people in the seats. At that where, point. Yeah, exactly. But where does he fit? And it, when you go to Miami, I mean, you have a lot of guys that that request the ball on that side, right? Oh, so, absolutely. And plus, Dion Waiters is complaining that he's not getting enough time, that's even it. if he took this crazy medical leave for the longest time. And yeah. you have Gordon Dragic that's coming back as well. So, like, how is he going to fit into the, into the lineup? I don't know. But I do feel like if there was a better fit for Melo, it would have to be the Heat. Um, with the LA Lakers, I you know. The LA Lakers aren't a bad, are not in a bad spot per se, uh, but I feel like Melo needs the ball. Yeah, for sure. You know, he hogs he has the ball. to have the ball. He he's, has but to. and the thing is, he's lost a step. If he t- accepts his role as a secondary guy, I think he can help a team do well in the playoffs. But he ca- he kind of did when he was at OKC, <clears throat> and it just didn't work so well. And but, ever he, since but he he's left, not a secondary guy in OKC. Right. He's the third guy in OKC. Exactly. You're seeing what Paul George's numbers are this year. Uh, last topic. We'll yes. end there. Something a little something that you do for me and Pease on the um, <laughs> you keep us safe, you protect us from the stupidities we do. Sean McVay has his own guy that keeps him off the sideline. How dumb is the NFL for having this? I, you know, it's kind of crazy. I don't even know this thing existed. Like, and I know, like, I, when I was watching the uh, when I was watching that Rams game this weekend, it was the first time I realized it. And at first, I thought I, I honestly back then I didn't know that there was an actual. Uh, coach, what are they calling him? Like, what? What? He's a strength. And, he's the strength and conditioning coach, but Sean McVay has has given him he's, another he's like job. A back. He's like a homie back. Yeah, he's given him another job because Sean McVay doesn't know where the refs are going. Right. So, and if you touch the ref, it's a penalty. That's really a penalty. It's a, of course it's a penalty because you're not allowed being that close to the to the field, right? You're not supposed right. to be on the field as a coach. Is that ever since Mike Tomlin almost tripped a guy on purpose? In the I playoffs? think the rule was was way <laughs> before, but but that was pretty funny. But yeah. he almost he did it on purpose. He did. He did. He did. Uh, he Sean really did. Sean McVay has a guy that pulls him back every time a ref is getting too close because Sean. If he's not paying attention to the ref, he's paying attention to the play. The get, get back, back coach. coach. The get back coach. Yeah, the, like I do that for you and peas. That's exactly what the I The video do. has gone viral and it's pretty funny to see because you just have this guy who's wearing a way too small t shirt. Yeah, showing off his guns, pulling Sean McVay back every time he gets close to the ref. And the the other thing about that clip that caught me by surprise is, man, their their khakis are so tight. It's crazy, huh? It's so tight. There's all kinds of bulge. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy's packing some. He's packing some heat over there. Other Nelly, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to do what you got to do. So we had a great show today, man. Yeah. Double dash. Also, I hate Andy Reid. Terrible with timeouts. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Uh, stay spicy, stay hot. What else? You, any last things? Uh, you can follow me at Terry Tam. You can follow Peas at Peas FPF. You can follow you at at Hot Sauce Sports. At Hot Sauce Sports. And uh, thank you to Andy McNamara uh, for coming on. Uh, he's on TSN 1050. He's on TSN Four Rounds, his own podcast. Uh, also, we had Mark Dumont on. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark P Dumont for hockey. He's amazing. Uh, so thanks, to, thank you to those guys for coming on. Hopefully, we have him on soon, and we'll see you guys next week. Keep it spicy. Hot Sauce Sports.